Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show, a conversational business podcast for those chasing their wildest dreams. My name is Christina, Jasmine's executive assistant, and we're all so grateful that you're here. The guest you're about to hear from today is one of Jasmine's best friends and business mentors, Amy Porterfield. In case you aren't familiar with her brilliance, Amy teaches business owners, educators, and entrepreneurs the profitable action steps for building a highly engaged email list, creating online training courses, and using online marketing strategies to sell with ease through her best-selling marketing courses and top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. In this conversation, they discuss some of the setbacks they've both had over the past year and how they've impacted their lives and businesses. They also tell some hilarious personal stories that I don't think they expected to admit on air. Their goal for this conversation is for you to feel like you're sitting around the table with your two business friends getting the goods on how to up-level and dream big in a conversational way. I'm sure you'll love hearing Amy's insights and mindset hacks about how many of the difficulties you might be going through right now are currently making you a better entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's listen in. Okay, prepare your hearts. I have been waiting for this moment. Waiting for the moment to have my good friend, a brilliant mind, get on the podcast mic. Y'all, you are familiar with Amy Porterfield. She has been a regular guest on this podcast, but we're going to do a different spin today. The goal of today's podcast is for us to sit around and talk, and we want you to join us at our pretend coffee table because we're about to spill the tea. So I should, dang, I could have made this real good, Ames. I could have brought out some tea and like had a little ding. Like we could have, we could my secrets. <laughs> this is like, welcome to the blackmail show. It's like an entrepreneur's blackmail show. Things you didn't want to know out on the podcast land. Oh, they're coming. No, no, no. But part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because you and I have regular conversations. Like we are the kind, we are the kind of friends who know everything about each other's lives and business, but we don't even pick up the phone call each other. We communicate with what is easy for us. And we're going to get to that in a second, but we know what is going on. So what I want us to do is just to have real conversations because one thing that I have been so impressed with you by Amy is like, you know how to become a better entrepreneur by life changes and setbacks. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to fake the funk. I want us to speak our truth, but I was thinking that we can divide our conversation into three main points. And so these three main points are number one, how big life changes impact us. Number two, finding supporting peers. And then number three, we'll talk about a little like mindset shifts that again, we're not professionals, but this is something that we practice on the daily. So we'll start with some pretty big life changes, things that you and I both know, but then we'll dive a little bit deeper and bring people in on the journey. So I have had a ton of changes in the past year, like uh, adopted a baby, I lost our sweet pup, moving into a new house. Uh, You had some pretty significant life changes. You not just moved into a new house, you moved across the country and you've developed a team and you're writing a book and you're extended. Can I say that you're writing a book? Have you, yeah. can I say, okay, I can say that, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm already saying stuff I shouldn't, but you're doing so many different things. And so I want to talk about where you are. What has been some of the, the setbacks that have happened this year? And then how have they changed you professionally and personally? Ooh, big, big, big. Okay. So should I just get right into it? Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. I'm going to do the judge like Amy Porterfield is the best selling, you know, like you, all that. We'll do all the fancy stuff in the beginning when I have a professional podcast voice. Maybe we'll put some like cool hip music, cool hip. Do I sound like I'm 85? Very cool and hip. <laughs> Actually, Jasmine <laughs> likes to point out 
how uncool I am all the time. Okay, because everybody, here's the thing. I got so, I was so offended, okay, because my pretend boyfriend is Sean Mendez. And she's just like, yeah, that Sean Melendez guy. And I'm like, one, bro, get his name right. And two, there's like one Latino singer in all of like the music industry and pop music right now. And you got his name wrong. I'm offended. My Aztec ancestors are offended. Um, anyway, okay. So we're talking about the setbacks. We're talking about where you are. Bring people up to speed and like, let's chat, chat about the big changes and then a couple of the results that have come on the back end that have been turned into like the silver lining positive thing. Okay. So one of the big changes is I moved from Southern California, very close to where Jasmine lives now to Nashville, Tennessee. And I was very excited about this uh, move. And everyone always asks, why did you move? Well, I have a business that I could be virtual. My whole team is virtual. And Hobie and I, my husband, just wanted to change. We wanted to shake things up and do things different. My stepson went away to college. And so he was off, he's now off doing his thing. And it was just really good timing. So Hobie, uh, he retired from the San Diego Fire Department and we moved here to Nashville and I just thought everything would be amazing. We have a network here. We have good friends. My mentor, Michael Hyatt and his family are here and uh, we love Nashville, love it. And I have struggled since the day I got here. And Jasmine knows this very intimately because I've talked about it a lot. Anxiety and depression just came back with like all vengeance. Like I, I've, we did an episode on my podcast yes. where we talked about anxiety and depression in our own experience. So we've been really open with that. Well, I haven't had episodes like this until I moved here. And I don't know if just my life got shook up and here it is, but it's something I've been dealing with on a daily basis. Mm. So a couple weeks ago, and this is a conversation that we tap in regularly with because since we've had the open conversations about the struggles with anxiety and depression and we each have had our own paths is um, Amy and I have both noticed that there could be small triggers or little pink flags along the way. And um, sometimes in our conversations, and when I say our conversations, 99% of all of our communication are happening via voice memo. Like we don't call each other. We don't set up like Zoom chats. Like we're not that those friends. We're those friends. We're like, I'm going to send you a message. Just listen to it whenever you can. And then you respond to me whenever you can. So it's kind of like old school, like sending pigeon, pigeon messengers, <laughs> digital uh, pigeon messengers and uh, kind of notice this with Amy. And we had these conversations around like, how are you feeling? How are you checking? What are the things that you're doing? And along the same lines, it was really important for us to denote the difference between situational depression and medical depression. Like there are differences that having a human emotion of being depressed, there's nothing wrong. It's totally normal. It's part of the human experience. But there are some steps in the middle along the way where you should be having like a diagnostic. Like, am I feeling overwhelmed, stressed, sad because of the things that are going on in my life, which is all real. But are there some other things that are tapping around the surface that are contributing to a much bigger thing? And we're not going to get into that because I think that when we speak about things that we're currently going through, we can't see it for what it is. So I just want to honor the space of where Amy's coming in totally. I actually did not expect you to say that. I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) When I said spill the tea, we are here. But I also want to focus on some things that have been positive with the change because we want to highlight that when you're running a business, there's a lot of things that really suck and they hurt, but there has been some unexpected benefits or expected benefits of you being in Nashville and making this change for your business. Like what's one or two that kind of rise at the top for you? Well, the first thing is that I'm actually been more social in Nashville than I was. You have, 
You have, you know what? I'm definitely, I, here's the thing. I was jealous when you would kick it like a cricket out here with like your team. And I was like, okay, well, it's because you're in San Diego that I didn't get the invite, but we would meet. We would do our meets. Like we would meet halfway. We would go for breakfast. We'd go for long walks. Okay, so that's what we did. And now you're in Nashville and you are like going out to like cotillions. Like I see you out in that circuit. I was like, look at this bougie queen. You acted like you're part of society out there. Why? What do you think is going on? What do you think it is? You know, one of the things Hobie and I said is if we move, we want to, we do want to shake things up. We want to show up differently. We want to enjoy life even more. Mm. And with him retiring, that's a big deal. My husband being a firefighter, he was gone every 24 hours. He wasn't even at home at nighttime. And so now that he's home more, he's super busy. We're doing construction on the house and changing everything up. So he's busy, but he's home more. And so we've taken advantage of that. So we do more date nights. We say yes to things that in California, Mm. because we just took it for granted like oh we don't need to do that here we don't really know as many people so when we get invited to stuff it's usually always a yes and we've really been enjoying ourselves so I feel like as an introvert getting out there doing things um, it just brings me so much joy and I love it so we've been having a really good time with that so I'm laughing I'm laughing hold on I'm laughing one thing that we also should know is that you shared publicly so I feel like I can share it on the podcast that Hobie Mr. Hotlegs, okay, Mr. Hotlegs, who is total California boy, right? Flip-flops, shorts, t-shirts, that, and we love that about Hobie. Like, I don't know if Hobie loves me as much as I love Hobie, but it's okay. I just, I, just a few more times, like, I think he thinks I'm a little much, like, he always needs to, like, go into the pantry and take a couple deep breaths after he hangs out with me, but it's okay. No, he does, and it's okay. I totally know. Like, actually, friends, we should a- admit that I send voice memos to Amy, and Hobie will ask her, who are you talking to? We'll <laughs> like, say, like, whoa, she's on, she's on a rampage right now, like, because Jasmine <laughs> speaks a mile a minute, and these are her messages. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my my gosh, you will not believe it. I just sit down. I got to tell you this. And I'm playing the recording and he's like, well, is she drinking today? What's happening? Okay. Well, when Hobie, I don't talk fast. You listen slow. Prepare your heart. Just check your heart. Okay. So Hobie has a stylist now that he's in Nashville. He does. Okay. Because I mean, let's just talk about how we had this fly brother look at Hobie and say, let me hook you up, man. Like you out here in Nashville. It is true. So- and he looks so good. He looks so good. So what happened was he's flip-flops, t-shirt, shorts, but like kind of it got a little frumpy. Like he was he was looking more like dad bod than like a sexy cowboy that I want him to look like. And so um for his birthday I got him a stylist and I knew he would never want a stylist. Like that is not something he wanted, but secretly I knew he'd kind of like it. I think he's been feeling himself ever since he's gone to Nashville. Oh, he's definitely you know, been feeling himself. The beard, he's grown a beard, he's oh, lost yeah. some weight. He's looking good. He's looking so, real good. He got a style. One of my best girlfriends here in Nashville, Mary Hyatt, she dates a guy. His name is Bentley Caldwell. And um, Bentley knows men's style. That's all he specializes in. And so he took Hobie on an entire day. And Hobie came back with tons of new clothes. And he looks amazing. And he, he does. Feels. I actually just feel very thankful to be your friend because I get those like really fly looking pictures of Hobie that you won't put online because you're like, uh, I need to, I don't want to be savage, but no women need to be looking at my man. Okay. I get to look at them and he looks great. And these are just a few things that are balancing out that there is this concoction of beauty and pain and confusion and anxiety and depression and pockets of light and you feel me? Okay, so <laughs> anxiety over that one. Uh, so 
So we are sitting here and we're talking about those big life changes and how life often is very normal. And on the outside, Amy, like I'm happy that we're having this conversation because very few people would ever know all the things that belie the surface because on the outside they see somebody who is, and it is true, somebody who's wildly successful, has a beautiful new home, amazing taste, an adorable dog, all the things. And yet behind the scenes, we are going through that like bittersweet movement that life often presents. Now I know, and I feel like I don't want to toot my own horn, but like true, too. You and I have a pretty good relationship in keeping us tethered to each other. And um, there's been a lot of ways that we've helped each other work through a few things. Now we have our friendship, but we also have a very strong peer-to-peer relationship. I'm wondering if I could ask you to explain how we met from your perspective and then I'll compare it to mine. Because I think it's going to be important for people to know how our relationship started. Okay, you know what's really funny? I you don't remember. Oh, no. oh, I was going to say, I was like, oh, I was like, it was life changing for me, and you don't remember. <laughs> I remember exactly, and you're going to be so surprised by this. And okay. the reason I know the story vividly right now is because I was just editing the story in my book. So you I get, were mentioned. Wait, I get a shout out. Yes. Oh, my God. You, shut up. You were mentioned in the book. Oh, my God. Should I go with you on that book tour? Should I be signing? The yeah, uh, act, I the, duh, I Newport mean, Beach book signing. You're okay. going to be the MC. Okay, oh, d- uh, done. I'm like, we have it recorded. Like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to literally show up in a prom gown. I'm going to go. I can't wait. I can't. We, can we call it You Feeling Me Tour? Just no, <laughs> no, we cannot. Just kidding. Okay, okay. So tell it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So this is how we met. Uh, we were at a mastermind, uh, James Wedmore mastermind, and I was asked to come. This is so many years ago. I was asked to go to it and speak about something related to online business and marketing. And it was in this hotel room, like not a conference room or anything. No, no. Do you remember? It was in a really a small hotel, hotel room, room. Yes. and everyone was packed in there and I was, I'm always very self-conscious of pictures. And now one of my great girlfriends takes lots of them. And so I, but she wasn't my friend at the time. And I get in there and she was going to take some pictures of James and I. And I told her like, oh, I don't really love pictures that much. And she's like, don't worry. I got ya. <laughs> and she took, you did, you took some gorgeous pictures of us just like in the moment, but you were a fast friend. I felt like you were a girl's girl and you got me and you knew my insecurities and you were all over it. I mean, am I right? That's how yeah. we met, right? <clears throat> was 100% how we met. We did, uh, I know you definitely led with the pre-qualifiers, but remember, I'm a complete stranger and you come into a room of about 20 people and you are teaching and talking and I'm snapping candid photos and then after I take a couple pictures with you and James, but this just goes to show like, I think, I genuinely know, I'm self-aware. I'm a little bit awkward. I don't know how to jump into social situations. So I use my camera as like a passport. Like my camera was like a very protective mechanism. Like I could talk to Amy if I have a reason to talk to Amy. Now, I didn't know who you were. You just gave a presentation and I'm like, I freaking like this girl. Like, who is she? And so I will never forget. I was sitting in the corner edge of a couch and I looked at you and I was speaking and I'm like, I'm going to make her my friend. That was it. I just made, (laughs) I literally just made that declaration in my mind. I'm going to make her my friend. And it was just this thing that I'm like, I immediately like kismet. Like, I'm like, I know her. Like, that was it. I just know her. And so I did, I did feel maybe feel like a little bit pushy. I probably like followed up. I sent you photos like from the event. I think I actually, I think maybe I blogged about it. I think. Okay. Um, we I, need to go dig that up. We need maybe. to look for the first email that you sent me with those photos. I am cracking up. How many years ago that it was so many like, <clears throat> uh, 2017. Oh my goodness. So that was a while. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. Actually even farther 
farther away, but still. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that people often look for and at is how do they create relationships? Like right now, like it's been something specifically after 2020 going through a pandemic and how our businesses shifted and how we showed up for each other and how we supported and how we navigated. I will never forget <clears throat> you and I having a conversation and it was a Saturday and the world felt like it was a dumpster fire and you felt in a very like we both felt in like a very bad place. And you said, I just want to do right. And like, how do we have those conversations between friends who are of color and not of color? And just to see how far we have come. There's people who want friends. What is your recommendation for finding friends within an industry or an industry peer to depend on and navigate conversations like that? Ooh, I love this. So I remember that conversation vividly. And what I've noticed along the years, uh, along my journey, is that if you want those really beautiful relationships with peers in your industry, so I'm not even talking like just friendships. I'm talking about, and I think you are too, like friends, but actually get the business as well. Is that where you're going? Yes. What I believe is that you have to come to the table and show up just as you would hope someone would show up for you. It's not one way. I think I told this story one time when, uh, Jasmine, you were on my podcast, but there was a moment in our friendship early on where you called me out for being kind of MIA. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no one had ever done that. Literally none of my peers in the industry have ever done that. They're just like, no big deal, whatever. But that moment when you're like, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard from you. I feel like this is one-sided. And from that minute, I was like, I will never be that friend again because I realized you cared deeply. And so you said Mm -hmm. something. And I feel like we have to show up how we want to be treated. And that means to literally make the time, make the time for the phone calls and make the time to listen and actually give good feedback when it is asked for. You have to put the effort in, but it's like feels so good when you do. And one thing that I think has benefited us is the ability for us to speak openly and candidly. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of any friendship, you kind of test the waters of like, what can I say? What can this person receive? But I remember distinctly always asking you to tell me the truth, like tell me exactly as you see it. Because I think that when I made myself open to it and whoa, poor Amy, the floodgates have opened, but I feel like I call her out in the best and most loving way possible. And I'm just like, stop selling yourself short or this is going to be big or whatever the case may be. But I know that I could just speak and I'm like, listen, I'm going to prepare you, but I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I think that that has changed the relationship. But as a clarification, after that conversation where I felt like I did kind of call you out, I'm like, hey, it feels like it's a little bit one-sided, you immediately course corrected. So that's one thing. But having those conversations, and then I think it's opened the door for us to redefine a lot of our expectations around what friendship looks like for us, or actually what friendship looks like if we're going to be friends with anybody at this time. Like you and I have openly said, like we send voice memos and then we just don't really care if they're not responded to immediately. Absolutely not. Like a few days ago, uh, you were gone. I I, I remember you telling me, hey, I'm going to be gone. And I was like, okay, fine. I got it. And I sent you a voice memo. And then like five, six days later, you're just like, you, because I had sent you a voice memo. And then five or six days later, you're like, you didn't call after to check in. Like, are you upset? Are you upset that I did? I wanted you to be upset that it was six days. For the record, I went to a retreat, had to give up my phone. I was off the grid. But I wanted her to be like, where are you? Hello? And message. But that's not the kind of relationship we have. So I don't know why I would expect that. But But I loved it. I loved it. I loved it that number one, you're like, "Uh, come on. Like, you need to be checking up on me. That makes me feel great. All the needy, like, desires and friendship. I'm like, here for it. But then two, it was so good because we had been released from that. I don't take it personally. We 
each have so much going on. And so extending the parameters to what friendship looks like, like Amy knows I probably won't be the person who she can pick up a phone call and be like, let's just chat for like 60 minutes. However, I think that you know that God forbid something happens. And you're like, I need you on a plane. I would be on the plane like within 30 minutes. Like, I do I'd be on the feel next that way. I do. And actually during that time where the world felt like it was coming undone, there was a time that I needed to get on the phone with you. And I remember you called me instantly. But one mm. time you called me, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like mistake. It was like a butt dial or something. And I remember thinking, why is she calling me? We don't talk on the phone. What's, oh, what's happening? <laughs> I know. I know the world must be really falling apart if we're actually picking up the phone to call each other. Okay. So uh, what we just outlined when it comes to friendships is to show up in a full authentic self, also set parameters on like what friendship looks like for you, show up vulnerably, anything else I might've missed? Mm, I don't think so. Um, and just be incredibly honest, as honest as you can be. Mm. Uh, I tell, I tell Jasmine things that I'm embarrassed to say. And I uh, always think that those audios are going to get out into the world. Oh my gosh. God, I can't even roll. I'm rolling my eyes so far back into my head. You only see the whites of my eyes. Like, I literally think that you grew up in some set of like FBI compound that people are out like they're going to find my voice message that disappears. She always says that. Do you think the FBI is listening right now? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, Bearing my soul in this audio, delete it because it's embarrassing. Yeah, but you also think that like things are recorded. Okay, so when we adopted, when we were replaced with Luna, right? So this is in the beginning and we ended up having to live in Nevada for over a month and Amy wanted to see the baby. And so I'm like, oh, you have to see the baby. So I Zoom her and my Zoom is automatically defaulted to recording. So as I'm preparing her to reveal the Grand Supreme, the next future female president of the world. She's like, I'm Jasmine. Can you stop recording this call? And I was like, why, why, why? Like, what if I really wanted to record me showing you my daughter that you've been winning? Yeah, I'm like, I hate can we make this? that are recorded can when they're just a casual about Amy? Can we make this about Amy? Hold on. Um, no, I just, I just think that your, your level of like next level. Oh wait, but wasn't there, you went live. If something okay. happened, my friends. <laughs> hey, so I'm we'll scarred. See. We'll I years and years and years ago, <laughs> I used a software that if you didn't click it off on your computer, it's still going. And uh, people were sending me text messages like, "You are live. You are live." I took phone calls. I looked at my <laughs> bank account on the screen, um, and I was mortified. So yes. Did I tell you about the time that I had used that like uh, a similar, I don't know if the same. No, similar. say this one. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm mortified for I'm, you. I, no, no, no. See, like I would have preferred that somebody could look at my banking records than what had happened when I accidentally pressed live. So on my Facebook page with like freaking hundreds of thousands of people, I'm going live, but I'm hunched over at my laptop with a full on stank face. I'm drinking sparkling water. And then out of nowhere, I'm just sitting here working. Nobody's in nobody's in the room nobody's near me within 15 feet and I'm like I full-on burp live in front of thousands of people but she wasn't looking at the camera if anyone can see this video she was like this like (laughs) my eyes are down my like a full-on bullfrog like letter trucker go and like you sent it to me though that is real friendship I did send it to you because I was like, this is the most mortifying thing. And I can't, I can't live my life sitting on this crown jewel of stupidity. And so I'm sitting here and then all of a sudden I see my husband walk out from nowhere. Like he like seriously appears out of nowhere. He's holding his phone. He's like, uh, Jasmine, you're live. (laughs) 
I was like, and then like that realization of, I was like, oh, sweet God. Oh, sweet God. What did I do? What did I say? People are just get off. Oh God. I just get, I just, I completely Ashley Simpson walk, crawled off the stage. I was like, I'm dead. This is what death feels like. And so of course people on the team recorded it and they, it's like living in the annals of Jasmine dumb history. Best um, ever. Yeah, the best and the worst. Okay, so I said we were going to get into three main points. So let's talk about mindset hacks. So inside of Social Curator, I personally have spoken to business owners who, man, are going through a lot. They're grieving the loss of a loved one. They are unexpectedly caregiving or unexpectedly homeschooling. There are people who are dealing with chronic illness, a lot of other things. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to a business owner who's going through a difficult time while simultaneously running a business? Ooh, this is such a good one. I'm going to take a page out of my own book right now because I've, I've got some stuff, as I mentioned, that I was dealing with. And it is that you have to brutally take care of yourself. And that's something mm -hmm. that I'm really learning in the sense of doing the work to take care of yourself. So for me, that meant that I actually literally changed my entire calendar, which was very difficult to do, but I knew it was needed and went to that six day wellness retreat. I just knew I needed a pause in my life. Um, I got a therapist. I knew I needed to work with someone right now and I'm taking care of myself in terms of moving my body and eating good and getting sleep above the work. Like if it means I'm missing some deadlines, I'm going to take care of myself and my mental health first. And if you're going through something, taking care of um, a sick parent, or you've got the kids at home, or things just are not going as planned, if you take care of yourself just a little bit better than you normally do, you're able to stand up to those hard times just a little bit better. And that, that's all we're looking for. Like, let's get through the day as best as we can. And so that has helped me immensely. And, and self-care doesn't come natural to me, so I literally have to plan it. Okay, so can we tap a little bit around how you found your therapist? Like, yeah. it's something practical. Like, you moved into a new state, a new town. Where'd you start? How many have you gone through? I am... <laughs> Great question. Three. I am Ooh, a pro yeah, at asking all my friends or just people I know, who do you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I uh, asked around, who do you know? One of my girlfriends said, oh, this woman is amazing. Uh, work with her. I had everything set up. She was three months out. She couldn't take me for three months, but she's like really, really good here in Franklin, That made Tennessee. you want more, right? Yeah, I had yeah. to have her. I heard a story that a woman flies in from Alaska to see her. And I'm like, if people are flying in from Alaska, she's the one I want. And, and she's supposedly amazing. Well, the long, long story short, I had waited, waited, waited. And right before my first session, she decided not to do Friday sessions anymore. And all the sessions I had set up with her for the rest of the year are Fridays because I don't work Fridays. And I was really bummed and frustrated. So that one's not going to work. And so then I got another woman that was referred to me by my naturopath, I found a holistic doctor here that I started working with, called her, ready to set things up. She's not taking anyone. I have noticed that therapists are, are probably making bank right now, right? Yeah. With how the world is. Yes. They are maxed out. Yes. So shout yes. out to all therapists. Maybe you're making a lot of money, but you're also probably very inundated yeah. with a lot of people. So all the love. So anyway, this woman couldn't take me. So then I had to go to a third one. So now I have found my third one and we have had one session and it has been amazing. We're doing EMDR, which I wow. think is really cool yeah. therapy. And uh, I just ask friends. I ask everyone I know, who do you know? And then I do my research. 
do you have like a set amount? Like for me, if I'm like dating a therapist, well, you know, shopping for there, my husband's going to hear this and be like, if I'm shopping for a therapist, I, I try to give it the three time rule. Like, oh, this is good. Okay. I, I, didn't I don't think feel like that. it's fair for me. I'm very, when it comes to like therapist and I'm, I just know immediately like, okay, here's my, here's my shtick. This is what I went through as a kid, blah, 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 blah. Like, let me expedite this so we can get to it. And like, sometimes therapists will like stop me in my tracks and then be like, well, let me do what I do. And I'm like, okay, three times. If we're not vibing after three, it's, mm, okay. it's time to move on. I'm actually going to use that rule. So one time, so, so far, so good, but I'm always a little bit judgmental. I've got to really watch myself like, Ooh, I didn't like how she said that or did that. I need to just let it go three times. No, actually you shouldn't. I listened to a podcast by therapists talking about how it's so beneficial when a client or a patient will tell them exactly that. They say that they appreciate them being ghosted is like, it's better for them because they think that their, their clients are learning how to confront things that are uncomfortable. Ooh. It's better for you to say to your therapist, we're just not a good fit personality wise. And they are probably the most classically trained to actually see that it's not about them. It's about what that person needs. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. That's so, actually great feedback. Right? Okay. Right. I, I could am- do that. Okay, so as far as some things that you say to yourself, like, so we talk about self-care. What are some things that you say to yourself? Because I think that would be like a pretty great place for us to end this conversation, although secretly, like, Hobie better not come home because we could just talk for hours. But what are some things that you say to yourself on the regular that makes you super aware of where you're at, shifting how you're feeling, and then putting you in a good headspace? Ooh, I like this. So when I was at the wellness retreat, this is one little exercise I learned. It's not something I say to myself. I'll get to that one. But um, when I'm kind of spinning out in my head or I can feel physically, I can feel the anxiety. My heart's beating. My head is racing. All of that. I learned this meditation where you say where you are in the moment. So it's something like this. Like right now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm talking to Jasmine. It's 3.51 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And... Um, I'm in this, uh, the county of Westmead. So that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then after I do that, then I go to the next thing. I'm in the state of Tennessee. Um, and then I go into the next thing. I'm in the United States. Like it seems so weird, but you go bigger and bigger and bigger and it calms you down in the moment. And I have used that over and over again. He went all the way into so like the galaxies, good. but you just go a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. So I love that and that has helped me immensely. But when I'm finally a little bit like, okay, I'm calm. What I tend to tell myself is that um, this is from my Tony Robbins days, so don't laugh. But something I've said for years and years and years is everything I need is within me. Everything I need is within me. Meaning I can, I can research things. I can, um, dive into things. I want to learn things. I want to hear all the podcasts. I want to go to all the trainings, all that, especially around my business, but even just in my personal life. But at the end of the day, I can take care of myself. I have the power within me to manage everything that comes my way. Everything I need is within me now. And that is something I've said for 15, 20 years and it's helped me immensely. Ugh, you help me immensely. Oh, friend. Just, oh, man. Everything. <laughs> Say that one more time. Everything I need is within me now. Everything I need is within me now. Mm. 
Girl, if you ever had a meditation app, just your buttery voice saying those beautiful mantras and meditations, I would be like, sign me up for that subscription. I love you. I adore you. How can people go deeper with your podcast, with your courses, with your trainings, all the things? Tell us. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for asking. I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. That's where I share everything about list building and course creation and funnels and strategies and and the journey of being an entrepreneur. I take you behind the scenes and share my struggles and my challenges and all of that. Jasmine has been a guest more than once, which is very, very fun. So you can find me at Online Marketing Made Easy. Jasmine, I love you more than life itself. I can't even express how wonderful I think you are. One of the most smartest women on the planet. I mean that. And I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate you having me on. And before we go, y'all, I have to tell you that Amy met up with Luna and I. We were in Nashville. Amy drove from the outskirts, drove into the city, met us, and Amy gave Luna a baby doll that I don't know why, Ames, it just kind of gets a little lump in my throat. The fact that Amy went out of her way to find a Latina baby doll because we could find white babies and black babies with ease. But let me tell you, it has been a journey to find a brown baby. So the fact that Amy... Amy, when she opened that gift and she was baby, she did say that. I was like, she gave the baby kisses. She gave the baby kisses. It just meant so much to me, friend. You see people and you just speak to their unstated desires and you accept people for where they are and then you just champion them. So I love you. Thank you for being on the podcast. You're the best. Love ya. Isn't Amy just the best? I know Jasmine is so grateful for her friendship, and we hope that you know that whatever you're going through, whether it's grieving the loss of a loved one, unexpectedly caregiving or homeschooling, dealing with chronic illness, or a myriad of other things, it's shaping you into a better version of yourself. You'll get through it, friend, and we are cheering you on every step of the way. If you enjoyed this episode of The Jasmine Star Show, please rate, review, and subscribe from wherever you're listening from right now. We'd love to hear what you love about the show, and it will only help our team continue to deliver the content you want to hear. Until next time, Jasmine will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.